Good morning, Lighthouse Community Church. How's everybody doing this morning? I hope that you're doing okay. Pastor Eric, Kat, family, hope you guys are doing good. Chances are Pastor Eric and his wife are out traveling to the western United States. Uh, I think they're at Zion National Park or something right now. They're probably not watching. I don't think there's any Wi-Fi out there, but if you guys are, good morning, Waymans. Good morning to all of you. Thank you for being with us. And as Pastor Eric takes his time off in August, Josh and I will be taking care of you guys for this month, and we're really excited about that. Hopefully you guys know Josh Espinoza. Josh has been an intern here at the uh, Lighthouse Community Church for about a year. And now he's in charge of our student ministries. That's pretty exciting stuff. Josh graduated from Vanguard back in 2016 with a degree in uh, religion. And he's got a little bit of a specialty there with a pastoral emphasis. And we definitely know that one day Josh will probably be a great senior pastor of a church. So we're excited to have him here with our student ministries. We're excited to have him share with you guys. If you guys know who he is, you should be very excited. Josh brings lots of energy to the stage. But let me first pray for all the different things going on this morning. And just a reminder, things are always changing in the community of God. So hold on loosely and let God be in control. Let me pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for what is another wonderful opportunity to see your hand this month. And so first and foremost, we want to pray for all the different things that are going on. I'm so thankful that this morning uh, that our prayer group got together and that there's people praying for this service before it ever begins. And I think that that's just a true blessing. A church that's praying church is a church that's going to survive. And so we pray that you would be with all those that are struggling this morning for some of those health issues uh, for some of those prayer requests that kind of trickled in this week. Father, we pray that you would walk, talk, and minister to all those different situations. I pray for travel mercies for the Waymans, obviously, as they're out there. And be with us as Josh and I kind of stand in the gap here for the next month for the church. I pray that you bless this time. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you this morning. May everything we continue to say and do in this building bring honor and glory to and through your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Would you please welcome with me, Pastor Josh Espinoza. Thank you so much, Jeff. Um, uh, you know what? It's nice that Eric is in Zion. I was actually just had the opportunity to be there uh, last week. It feels like ages ago, actually. But it was last week. I was in Zion. And when I returned, I had to get back to work. And there's this saying that uh, my mom always says, like, I was talking to her on the phone, like, yeah, Zion was great. Uh, but now I have to go back and work, you know, Monday through Friday. And she goes, yep, back to reality. And, you know, it's just all we always said that. And right now, reality seems so different. <laughs> uh, COVID has changed so much of what we think reality is. It's just kind of an interesting take. Um, you know, what is reality these days? I think we got in this COVID situation not really knowing uh, where we're going to go. Uh, to me, COVID or 2020, I mean, month by month, it seems like it's changed drastically. Um, each time, each week, something new comes out, some sort of new regulations, some sort of new guidelines, and it's just been this chaotic roller coaster. You know, 2020 has been a roller coaster, and when you got in the roller coaster, you needed one of those, you know, over the top bars, but instead they gave you one of those across bars. And it didn't lock all the way. It's, it's, it got there. You're like, wait a second. I still have a, and then it took off. And we're on this roller coaster and every turn, every twist, you think we're about to fall out. It's all going to end really soon. The other problem with this roller coaster 
is that when we, you know, we were waiting in line and we were waiting in line, not for a roller coaster, you know, it, it, we didn't want to be on this roller coaster. It was an accident that we happened to be on here. Our life is in danger at any turn, every flip. And, you know, I was waiting in line for a corn dock. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a roller coaster that we got on board for, but it's a roller coaster that we're on. That's 2020. And the reality of that is that it's so different than anything we've ever seen. Uh, we've been traveling through the book of Acts. Paul's reality is different than he's ever seen also. Um, it's a whole of a lot different than what we've been doing. Uh, but he's been shipwrecked. He's been bit by snakes. He's been spat at, yelled at, ridiculed, imprisoned, in jail. I mean, he's gone through it all. And the story I get to share with you guys is uh, from Acts chapter 22. And I'm going to pick up reading in verse 19, if you guys have your Bibles. But the beginning of the chapter starts with, this is Paul speaking in Jerusalem to his people, to his, his, the people that he came out of. So before he was Paul, he was Saul, and uh, he would persecute and try to execute any follower of something called the way, which we know as Christianity now. And here in this text, he's preaching to them. And he's telling them his story. He's telling them his testimony. He says, hey, I used to be the same way. I, I was doing this. And then something changes. And that's where our, our pickup um, begins. So let me just pull it up. And I'm going to read a little bit as you can follow along. So Acts chapter 22, uh, verse 19. This is Paul speaking. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr, Stephen, was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Now the crowd listened to Paul until he, he said this thing here. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him, he's not fit to live, kill him. As they were shouting, they were throwing their cloaks and flinging dust into the air. This is a chaotic scene. I don't, I don't ever have gotten angry and just thrown off my cloak. So... The commander ordered Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged, interrogated, and in order to find out what the people and why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to be flogged, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been found guilty? The centurion heard this and went to the commander. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. So the commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Said, yes, I am, he answered. The commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. And Paul replied, but I was born a citizen. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized he put Paul, a Roman citizen, into chains. So it was law for them to, uh, you, you have to, you get a trial if you're a citizen. And they didn't realize Paul was a citizen, so that's why um, he was alarmed. The officer was alarmed that he's like, oh my gosh, I just put a citizen into chains and we almost flogged him. Uh, flogging, by the way, is a whip, and at the end of that whip is a weighted uh, piece of metal or sometimes bone. So when they whip you, it latches onto the skin to rip off. So this was before the interrogation process. They would flog them, and that is just absurd. 
but hey, that's where it's at. Uh, yeah. Paul is, uh, so what happened with this, I, I call it the angry mob, right? Uh, he had these people he was preaching at. He was telling them his testimony. He was giving them his, his whole deal, the gospel of Jesus Christ coming and dying and raising again. He said, this guy's, for, this guy's legit. He's giving them the case for Christ. And once he said the words, uh, let's see, he said, God told me to go speak to all Gentiles. That's when the, ang- the mob turned angry. It was like, it was a switch. They were listening to him. They were kind of following him. And then he switched. And this switch is pretty vital. I mean, they were trying to kill him. And the reason why this happened is because they didn't believe what he was talking about. They were traditional Jewish, uh, a, a people group that believed the word of God is only for Jews. It's not for Gentiles. It's not for the whole world. So once he said that, they go, no, this is not right. We need to get him out of here. Kill him. <laughs> and this is crazy. They just turned on him. Uh, the language that Paul uses in the preluding uh, Hebrew or the Greek actually suggests that he was speaking to some of his relatives. So there might have been brothers and fathers, uncles. There might have actually been his own family in this mob wanting to kill him. And that is a very interesting dynamic. Um, What he wanted, because why you ask, why was he going back? If he knew these people, why would he go talk to them? If he knew how they were going to be or how they might respond, why would he even go there? Because he loves them. He knows them. And he wanted and hoped that they would have the same opportunity he did to accept Christ and accept that Jesus did rise from the dead and did conquer death and sin and did walk the earth with us. And he wanted them to do that. And that's a quick lesson for us because what he wanted and what he hoped for wasn't what happened. It was the complete opposite. And so what, when we go through life, you know, when we go through this quarantine era, uh, however you want to call it, you know, what we hope for and what we want isn't always going to be in God's timing and God's plans. We don't know why this is happening, but we know that God is good and God is in control of all things. Paul didn't know why his life was getting, well, I guess he did know why, but, he, you know, he didn't know that how the, the mob would respond. He only needed to plant the seed. He wanted to preach the gospel no matter what happened, no matter how they responded. That's a a pretty big love. I think Paul's love for this people is very strong. It's like a hard love. It's a tough love. Um, I used this thing years ago where I called it a ruthless love. You know, it's this love that is just, you got to say it how it is. No matter how it looks, you got to preach the truth. And preach it to your friends, to your loved ones. And whether they accept it or not, is it not up to you? It's not in your hands. It's in God's hands. It's in God's timing. I was in Zion and I hiked the hike called the Narrows. And I believe I saw Pastor Eric and uh, the family out there in the Narrows. And the Narrows is this giant, it's, it's, it's a stream with giant cliffs on either side. It's a very, very cool, awesome experience. Uh, but I actually want to talk to you guys about a different hike I did uh, with me and just two of my friends. And we're hiking, and the stream is not very, uh, it's very stagnant. It's really gross. It's really green. And there's these these big rocks, and big rocks, I mean, the size of cars. You know, it's like boulders. 
And the trail we were following just kind of stopped. But we knew, like, well, we want to get to the end of this thing. So we're just climbing on these big boulders, going at it. And uh, I'm going around. I'm jumping from rock to rock. I'm going over water. And I find myself kind of ahead of the group. And I'm waiting. And I'm going around. I'm looking at different trees and different things. You know, it's just an exploration. Nobody's around. It's 102 degrees. And we're in the sun. But that's not the point. <laughs> we're hot, okay? That's, that, we're all sweating. We're having a good time, kind of. And um, I get to this spot where this boulder, this huge boulder is over my head. And I'm, I'm climbing down into it. And there's this cave that's underneath. And there's water trickling down. And you can see the light of the sun is kind of shimmering through. It's this cool little moment, this cool little area. And we're just exploring. I felt like a kid again. And I go, hey, guys, like, come over here. We got to check it out. So, like, I wanted to share it with them. I wanted them to come see what I just saw. And so we climb, they, they do the same thing. They get into the rock. And then one of them's like, cool. And the other one's like, nice. And that was it. And that was the experience. And that was enough. For me, that was enough. I was like, you know what? That's, like, we all were here in this moment. Um, I mean, I, I was thinking about it. I wouldn't have done that hike without them. You know, I wouldn't have gone that journey alone. I mean, it would have been, I would have still seen that cave. I would have still seen the light shimmering off the little water, and we would have made it to the very end. But if I was by myself, you know, it's, it didn't seem as, I don't know, enjoyable to me if I was alone. It, it was that experience being shared with somebody else that was so great. And I think in so many ways, that's the Christian faith. Um, we're not on this journey alone. We're made to be together. And we're made to share those little experiences together. It could be as simple as that. It's like, hey, that was really cool. And you're like, yeah, it was. And that's enough. You know, that's enough to carry on, to carry on the good work, the good news. Um, I mean, what's, what's the point of benefiting from eternity if it means you're alone? Uh, I want to challenge you guys. Uh, reach out to somebody. You know, this is a very lonely time. COVID um, has changed us. It's changed the way we work and the way we socialize. Reach out to somebody. Call them. Send a text. Send an email. Whatever you got to do. Um, share a meme. You know, send a photo of something funny. Make them laugh. Make them, you know, reconnect with someone that's been on your heart or someone that you normally see in person but you don't get to talk to normally. You know, reach out to them. Because I, I guarantee they're feeling just as lonely as, as, as you might be, as, or as I know I have been at times. You know, this has been such an up and down roller coaster, like I said. And the title of this sermon is Conspiracy. Uh, we had a little teaser going out. And conspiracy is a fun little word. Uh, it's a hot topic, I think, right now. Conspiracy, for terms of Paul, uh, in Acts chapter 22 was very, very prevalent. I mean, they thought Christianity was a conspiracy. Because if you think about it, Jesus as a man on earth, being worshipped, praised, followed, it's, it's a cult. Until he rose from the dead, this was just a cult. This was a group of people who are fanatically crazy about another human being. It's, it's, it's kind of a wild concept when you think about it like that. Uh, until he raised from the dead, that changed everything. That means all his words were true. That means he was the Messiah. That means it was all real. 
And the people that Paul was, that he was preaching to that day, when they changed and, and turned really angry and wanted to kill him, uh, they believed that Paul was following this cult-like era. You know, they didn't think this was true. Therefore, Paul was conspiring to rise up against the church, the traditional church. He was trying to take down the leaders. And that's, that was the big picture, that he was this conspiracy theory guy, and he was trying to take them down. He was trying to pull them, pull them forward, whatever it might be. Um, the church of their day, the synagogues, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, that was, he was threatening their power. Therefore, he was, he was a threat. Um, in today's world, I mean, there are too many conspiracies. I don't want to open up that can of worms because, you know, we could go on forever. I mean, between wars and, and presidents, governments, sporting events, countries, banks, aliens, assassinations, you name it, there's a conspiracy for you. <laughs> like a Billy Mays commercial, you know, like, like you, wait, wait, there's more. And then they hit you with some more facts about the conspiracy to, to dive you into this hole that you never... But I think the idea of the conspiracy is an interesting concept. It's very intriguing to me. The idea of there's this underlying truth, right? And then there's this overlaying set of, I don't know, lies or set of mm, distractions that keep you away from this underlying truth. And that's a very interesting concept because that's, that's all a conspiracy is. You can't really finitely, you can't, you can't really get anchor points on the truth, so-called, um, beyond all this. But I don't really want to get into it, right? That's, uh, that's hard to get into. But if I had to get into it, I want to share my conspiracy theory. Now, this is going to be a little crazy at first, but the more you get into it, just like a normal conspiracy, the more you start to believe. My conspiracy theory, well, okay, just hear me out. Hear me. Let me I'll just start. <laughs> this world... Our society wants to give you a name. That's it. That's the conspiracy. This society right now wants to name you. And there's a couple of ways it does this. And I want to just hang on. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> this world currently wants to name you. Uh, it kind of it, it brands you by what you do. So what do I mean by that? Okay, you're a construction worker or you're a police officer, a teacher. You're in healthcare. You're in the food industry. Uh, you're in law, you're in whatever it might be. Uh, you're studying, that's what you do. And it wants to name you by that occupation. It wants to claim your brand as what you do is, is who you are. Uh, that's what it wants to do. It, it also does this by where you're from. You're born into, let's say, the United States of America. That's your citizenship. You're from there. It wants to name you and, and tell you that's where you're from. Uh, you're born into Canada or New Zealand or wherever other country, you name it. That's your citizenship. Um, that's where you're from. You're from a state. Uh, I'm from Arizona. Oh, that means you must be this, this, or this. You must like this food or you must like this music. Maybe you go liberal. Maybe you be conservative. Based on just where you're born, that's how the world works. That's where the world is going. That's how the society's brains kind of turn. Uh, further than that, they try to convince you of identity. They try to claim you. It tries to think that, you know, it tries to change the way you think you are. 
Now, this conspiracy is kind of crazy, okay? Just hang on. It's going to come together real quick. Um, so, because once you get on this train, this is my conspiracy. I don't know anyone out there who else knows about this, but I'm telling you guys now, so now you know. Once you get on this train, there's no stopping. You might, you're going to start to see it all over the place, and you're going to start to realize what I'm talking about. So, how does the world try to, t- try to name you by your occupation? What do you do? By where you're from? What state were you born in? What country were you born in? What citizenship are you a part of? What do you believe because you're a part of that place? And then your identity. So it, it feeds you music. It feeds you movies. It feeds you things like the zodiac signs. Oh, when were you born based on the stars? That means you're going to be this way. That means you're going to think this way, and this is your personality. This is huge because it's one of those things that maybe as traditional Christians you stayed away from that. Maybe as uh, contemporary Christians you're kind of in that, and you think, I identify as this, I identify as that also. Oh, this is the Taurus, this is a Scorpio, whatever you might be. That's a thing that's in the world. That's just a thing. Another huge one, and here's where I might get some pushback, but the generational names. So baby boomers. How's it going, baby boomers? Some of you are here today. Thank you for coming. Uh, Those in the little uh, TV screen, how's it going? Smash the like button real quick, as hard as you can. Don't break the computer, please. Uh, Gen X, millennials, uh, you know, the silent generation, Gen Alpha. Let me tell you what generational names to me mean. They are groupings, right, of, of, of decades or a certain age area, a group. And based off of that group, you go through certain things when you're growing up. So you're supposed to be a certain way. I mean, generally, you're that certain way of thinking. And I know some of you right now, wow this is very millennial of him to say these things. And just stop it. Just listen for a second. Um, you're thinking that, okay, let, let's, let's zoom back. The generational names started in 1890. That's 130 years old. And so you might be identifying as a baby boomer. You might be identifying as whatever uh, generation you might fall under. And then you read what it's about. Oh, what's the characteristics? What are they about? What do they believe in? What do they like? You know, how do they deal with technology? Or how has technology affected their generation? Whatever it might be, you allow that subconsciously to interpret the outer. So your subconscious is dissecting what the world has given. 1890 is not very long. That's 130 years ago. The Mormon church is uh, older than the generational names that we give so much praise to and so many things to. And what I'm trying to tell you, the conspiracy is the world wants to give you a name because the closer you identify with the name the world gives you is the further you become from the name that God has given you. Do you see where I'm going? Do you see what all that was about? Your identity in your name, your occupation... Paul had a job, he had a day job, he was a tent maker, and that isn't what he was purposed to do. That might be his occupation, but it's not his identity. You know, he was from Rome, he was a Roman citizen, it saved his life, and it got him out of this angry mob situation, but he wasn't going to die for Rome, he wasn't going to die for Israel, or or for the Jews, or for a religion, he was going to die for Jesus Christ, just as Jesus Christ had died for him. And that is the main conspiracy. That's my conspiracy. 
that there is a battle for our souls in eternity, and we are just trying to weigh in. You know, what side are you going to be on? Um, there's categories. There's layers and layers and layers. It's thick. It's subconscious level. Uh, I wouldn't say brainwashing, but it's subconsciously in our brains that we are supposed to be a certain way based off of the era we grew up in. We're supposed to be a certain way because of the age we are. We're supposed to be a certain way because of where we're from. And that's just not it. That's not how the Bible says it is. You know, you are a chosen generation. And that word, generation, is encompassing if you are breathing right now at this moment. Infant to 100 years old plus. You are the chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are the body of Christ, a body of believers. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is who you are. That is first and foremost, your identity is in Christ. It's not in any name that the world tries to give to you. No occupation, no place, no person can give you an identity more than God can. And you, have to, you have to think, man, am I willing to die for something that is finite, something that isn't eternal. And Paul knew where his destiny was going to lay. He knew ultimately me following and preaching Christ is going to be the death of me. He knew that. He was a smart guy. But he thought it was more important than fighting for a traditional church value, fighting for the Roman, uh, you know, emperor or whatever it might be. Uh, that's not important. You know, when, when it's all said and done, eternity ends up trumping over all these other little things, right? Uh, you guys, you're a child of God. That's what he named you to be. You're his, his beloved. You guys are, are, are wonderfully and fearfully made. We are children, sons and daughters, heirs to the throne. That's who we are. And today, I, I, I just felt like with so much chaos in the world, we needed a reminder that that's who we are. That's what we're doing. That's why we come here. That's why we sing songs. That's why we're going. Because we are His. And we have to preach that name. We have to preach that gospel. We have to go forward in this gross, mucky time, this roller coaster that you might be falling off of. I mean, you have to keep on going. Keep on pushing. I mean, He is the God of gods, the, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, you know, the Most High, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And we're just a small part of that plan, that greater plan of eternity. And I hope you guys can, can, can capture that, you know, can grasp that in your hands, in your hearts, that the world, it's, we've always been at battle. There's a spiritual battle for your soul. And the world will try everything in its power to try to separate you from God. That's all sin is. Sin is separation from God. The further away you get from God, the, the, the further and closer you are, I guess, to sin. Um, the Bible says that, that Satan and, and the, you know, the devil, he's out to seek, to kill, and destroy. He, he's, he's prowling into whom he may devour. And he's, he's smart. He's cunning. He's very intuitive. He will use music. He will use things... Um, like the stars. He will use things to confuse and, and jumble up the mind. And we have to be steadfast. And the best way to do that is to be in his word. Be in his prayer. Listen to things and watch things that give praise to him, that bring glory to him. 
You know, remember that. Remember why we're here. It's not your occupation, you know. It's not what you do. It's who you do it for. It's not, it's not where you're from, you know. It's not where you're born. It's where you're going. And where are we going? We're trying. The goal is to get in with the heavenly priest, with the heavenly ghost, with whatever you want to call it. We get to spend eternity with Christ. And that's our end goal. And bring someone along. <laughs> it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a fun time. Don't do it alone. Share that experience. Um, Paul was so bold. I pray that I could be as bold as him. I am, uh, by nature, an introvert. I, uh, I fear the phone. I don't like contacting people or calling. It's just, it might just be me. It might just be my generation. Um, but Paul was so bold. I can't imagine going back to uh, relatives and preaching something that is so anti what they believe in to the point that they would want to kill me. Uh, that still kind of blows my mind. Um, but the challenge today and every day of our lives is to be bold like Paul. Bold like Paul. Start that hashtag. Um, Bold like Paul. I mean, Paul was incredible. And we've been studying Acts, and, and yes, he's preaching Jesus, and he's just at the root of the church in Acts is Paul. You know, and his whole life was just a jumbled up mess of he's preaching the gospel, and then he's running away from people who want to kill him for preaching the gospel. And that's crazy. I mean, I pray if I'm half the man he was, I think we would change the world here today. Um, and that's, a, that's just a crazy concept. But another thing that blows my mind is that uh, what was giving him power? What was giving him this boldness? Bold like Paul. What was empowering this guy to do all these things, to go to those places, to speak into synagogues with Pharisees and Sadducees? I mean, right after this, he gets taken into uh, his trial, and on one side of the room are Pharisees. On one side of the room are Sadducees. And the one thing that separates them is a belief in the resurrection or not. And he knows this, so he says that. He says, well, I believe in the resurrection. He sides with one of them. And then there's a huge argument that breaks out between the two groups. And once again, he is saved from death because he's smart enough to get out of there. He made them fight. That's crazy. And what was powering him was the Holy Spirit. Uh, what's, what's awesome and mind-blowing and... I still kind of get pushed back when I think about it. But that same Holy Spirit that was empowering Paul is empowering us. And furthermore, it's, it's not like there's some, you know, you've got to go through your entry-level Holy Spirit power before you can get to Paul Holy Spirit power. It's like this. You get all of it. That power, that Paul power, that bold like Paul, that power is amazing. And that Holy Spirit power is given to each and every one of us. And that is crazy. That is the same power that rose Jesus out of the grave. He rose Jesus out of the grave. It conquered death and sin. That power enables you and I, as Christians, as believers, we inherit that power. And, and man, if the Holy Spirit can conquer death, Surely I can conquer picking up the phone and calling someone I haven't talked to in a while. Reconnect with someone. Ask for forgiveness. I know you have the time. 
use it. I know you got the time, you know what I mean? We all have the technology to do it these days. Um, and if you don't call Pastor Jeff, he was just telling me how he's not busy enough. You know, he doesn't have anything to do. <laughs> that was a joke. But he's a good guy. Paul was crazy bold. And bold comes in uh, various ways. I think one thing is that we like control. A generation loves to, to try to control things and control the apps on our phones, control the Wi-Fi passwords or just Wi-Fi in general. And then Wi-Fi will, you know, knock you down your feet and just not work for whatever reason. It just doesn't like you <laughs> and it won't work. And that's what happens. That's what life's about. We don't get to control everything. And Paul especially did not get to control any of the outcome. I kind of touched on this earlier. He was preaching not knowing how they were going to respond. That's just the fact of the matter. He's, he was preaching. He didn't know how they were going to respond. And I think one of the heaviest things that's been on my heart is that we're in this nation and this, this, these people, the people of the society are so fixed on uh, pleasing everybody, you know, people-pleasing. We like to make everybody happy. We like to make things good. And um, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. But this people-pleasing uh, argument is very, very, it, it, it's very weird. It takes a toll on your body. When you try to make everyone happy in your life, when you try to make everything a win-win situation, um, you can only go so far. I mean, I, I said this, um, I thought of this where, you know what, if Jesus came to people, please, he wouldn't have changed the world. That's just it. He didn't come to people, please. He came to do his work. He came to preach the gospel. He came to rise and conquer death. I mean, that is, that is, that is it. That is what we're preaching. That is what is happening. We're here to bring him honor and glory. We're here. That is our desire, you know. Today, I just wanted you, challenge you, contact someone you haven't contacted in a while. Someone's been on your heart. Someone you've been thinking about. Someone you just thought about during this sermon. Contact them. Say what's going on. Share your story. Paul was so bold to share his story all the time. Share your quarantine story. I mean, everyone's got a quarantine story. Everybody had something that got cut off, that got shut down. Share it with someone. Don't be afraid to share, to preach, to be with and experience with others. Father God, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this message. I thank you so much for being our Alpha and our Omega. I thank you for inviting us into this time, into this place to be bold like Paul, to preach, to share our testimony, to do the things you called us to do. I thank you so much for those opportunities. God, be with us in this time. Be with us in this time. Be with us in our conversations. Be with us in our worship, in our day-to-day -day things. Father God, I thank you and I love you so much. Amen and amen. Let's worship him today. This is the air I breathe. 
This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily We're going to switch gears and close with a song I just love, Your Grace is Enough. Great is your faithfulness, O God. 
Amen and amen. Hey, I hope you guys have been blessed today like I have. Thank you, Josh, for sharing God's word with us today. And one thing I caught from today is just how powerful Paul's faith was. And if you want to know how powerful Paul's faith was, I want to encourage you, come back next week as we talk about where I believe Paul drew his power from. I'm looking forward to sharing with you guys next week. Thank you for being on this journey with us. If you guys are struggling in any way, shape, or form, I'm always available, as Josh said. Please email, text, call. Let us know at the church. We'd love to have those prayer requests from you. We're here. We love you guys. We're pulling for you. If you need something, let us know. God bless you. We'll see you all next week.